Hello and welcome back to Recover to Flourish, the podcast that aims to debunk all things eating disorder recovery and bring a bit of light to your eating disorder recovery journey. I'm your host, Kiandra. I'm an eating disorder recovery coach and survivor of an eating disorder. And in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about dating in eating disorder recovery, what you need to know when it's ready to start and how you navigate it. Now, Dating is hard for the best of us. So I hope this episode is, I suppose, insightful and gives you a bit of hope in your own dating journey because it is not impossible. It may feel impossible during recovery, but it's not. There's just uh, a few things that you need to be mindful of and whether it's ready to, whether you're ready to start or not and then how to do it. But before we start, I just wanted to say thank you for all of the lovely feedback and comments that you've had about the, the podcast recently. I've really, really been enjoying reading reading your reviews and just hearing from some of you. So if you do want to write in, please feel free. My contact details are in the show notes. And if you feel able to, please write a review. I love um, when I get feedback about the podcast. It helps me to improve. It helps me to know that you're finding some benefit from listening. So if you do feel able, please, please leave a review. But, you know, let's get straight into it because this is a juicy topic and I, and I really want to, um, I really want to dive straight in. So dating in eating disorder recovery, you know, they're, they're, the popular mantra, you know, is, you know, uh, when you are starting dating, you need to love yourself first. And therefore, this, you know, saying mantra might give you the idea that dating while in eating disorder recovery is the worst thing that you could do. However, having an eating disorder does present, you know, unique challenges and in dating. However, it does not mean you will be a bad partner or that, you know, it will create relationship issues or that you need to be perfectly healed before dating. You know, triggers are going to come up in so many different stages of our lives, including when we're dating. And recovery is not about learning to live with your eating disorder. It's about building a future without it. And for you, that might mean pursuing a relationship. And just to note, if dating isn't something you want to do or that you've already got into a relationship and you're in recovery, that's totally fine. This episode's not for you. I've got plenty of other episodes that might be more useful, but this is for people who are maybe pursuing their dating journey or at a stage in their recovery that, that they want to pursue dating. But firstly, let's think about actually how eating disorders could affect your dating life. Now, Let's say that you'd been invited out to a dinner date. You know, that could cause real mental challenge with calculating how to make the date work food wise. You know, maybe there is a need for you to save up your, your nutritional intake before going out for the evening, you know, or, or compensate for food or just the rumination before, during and after, you know, the dating or going out for food oftentimes throws up a lot of panic and frustration if you're in an active eating disorder because, you know, you might think what you ate um, was not good enough or you didn't look good enough or you had too many problems. I know when I started my recovery journey, I would say I was probably not really in active recovery. I found dating just so anxiety provoking that, to be honest, I just wasn't ready to date. Typically, when you're dealing actively dealing with an eating disorder, you're consumed with thoughts about food, eating, exercise, body image, 
and wait, like I had so much little time or energy to devote to anything else, including dating. You know, it became my all-consuming identity and all my life goals and interests just took a backseat. And so dating wasn't something I even thought about. You know, couple that with also my libido and, you know, I'm going to get straight to it. I just did not feel up to having any intimate relationship because I wasn't up for it. Like my body was like, no, you're not feeling enough. You're, you know, you're doing too much activity. We don't, we don't fancy you know, getting down with anyone and excuse my like old woman language here. I don't know if like, I don't know that's what you say anymore, but yeah, I just, it just didn't feel, it didn't feel right to me. But the thing is, the first thing I had to do was figure out who I was without an eating disorder. You know, I wasn't healed when I started dating, far from it, you know, but I had to reclaim my identity and get comfortable in my own body. You know, this involved doing solo traveling, creating vision boards, journaling, just ways to actively reflect on what I wanted my future to look like. And I suppose the type of partner who would want to be part of it. Because what I would say, and maybe this was part of my own journey, when I was in had an active eating disorder, I went for the wrong partners because I was trying to... I was trying to get something from them that I didn't feel within myself. So typically I'd go for quite narcissistic, controlling men, but that's because I didn't actually respect myself. Now, when I felt ready to date in my recovery, I knew that that wasn't the partner I wanted anymore. And actually I was, you know, becoming, I was my own worst nightmare. You have to, you know, have to have uh, intuition also about your triggers. So for instance, if you're in an active eating disorder and somebody that you're dating is a bodybuilder who is, you know, monitoring their nutritional intake and their exercise, maybe that isn't a relationship for you. And yes, we shouldn't be hypercritical of other people's life choices. But if you are, you know, if you have an eating disorder, if you're in recovery, you've got to be mindful of the person that you're going to be spending time with. So we've established dating with an active eating disorder or right at the beginning of the recovery process isn't the best idea. But it's important to note that there might be a time that you want to start it. So oftentimes if you have an active eating disorder or the start of recovery, your eating disorder could be a third wheel in the date. Like that's just point blank. But when we're starting the dating process, let's say you're ready, you're all booed up. You know, if the eating disorder is a secret, that immediately creates a block in communication and intimacy. So not necessarily, we don't necessarily need to say that you need to openly communicate, you know, that you are, you know, going through recovery. But when you feel comfortable enough to share with somebody else, let's say you've been on a couple of dates and let's say you feel like you had I don't know, the weight of the world on your shoulders. I know I felt like that with um, my current partner. We've been together a good while now. Um, And I was kind of at the end of my recovery when I met him. It took me a long while to feel open enough to share with him. But when I was, it felt like a massive weight off my shoulders. You know, open communication really fosters that understanding and empathy and allows your partner to support you on your journey. You know, 
it also helps you realize that if the partner you are with, you know, actually, you know, is going to be that person that you could lean on, because if they judge you for that, then they're not the person for you. What you've also got to remember, you know, hiding your eating disorder might create relationship issues down the line. You know, there's a difference between hiding your eating disorder and simply not telling someone you have one. You know, if you are reluctant to tell your partner about your eating disorder, consider what is stopping you. You might be afraid they will treat you differently or you'll be too much or a burden. And these are valid concerns. But talk about your eating disorder with your day only when you feel safe and ready to. And it will be a really, really important step in that dating journey. Secondly, prioritize your recovery. Now, like I mentioned, first and foremost, you know, your recovery comes first. Your partner can't come second to the eating disorder, but recovery has to come first. So if you're in an active eating disorder, maybe not the best time to date, but let's say you're in recovery, you must prioritize your healing over any relationship you get to. If you need a higher level of care, that might mean less time with your partner. You have to choose what is best for you and you only. You know, don't let anyone get in the way of your recovery. You know, and if that worries you, consider getting some coaching or some therapy, you know, really to talk through those concerns and understand whether it's the right time with you or for you to start dating. Thirdly, relationship issues arise when your partner comes second to disordered eating. So your eating disorder cannot be number one to anyone because that creates relationship problems. You know, if you want to have a fulfilling, close relationship, you have to be willing to free up some of your brain space and time that was previously consumed by your eating disorder. You know, you can't always choose gym sessions and home-cooked meals alone in your kitchen over dates. And that's something to be really mindful of. Are you ready to, you know, to give a bit of time in your schedule? Is your eating disorder taking too much of your brain space? If you're not ready, then maybe you're not ready today. You know, oftentimes by falling in love or having, you know, the opportunity to challenge meals and food can, you know, really challenge the eating disorder. But if it's not the right time for you and you just don't feel ready to budge your schedule, then maybe it's not the right time to to start dating. Number four, you don't actually always have to plan dates around food. That's something to know. You know, it, avoiding food-centered activities isn't necessarily an eating sort of behavior, first and foremost. You know, if you needed a break from the mental stress of eating in restaurants every week, that is okay. And it's okay to plan something that doesn't involve a meal once in a while. For instance, I really like dates that you go pottery painting or archery or axe throwing. I know during my own eating sort of recovery, I like to let out a lot of steam. So axe throwing was quite a good one. Not at your obviously potential date, that wouldn't be helpful, but you know, just doing something that is different, that doesn't have to involve food or alcohol. Also, alcohol doesn't need to be involved in your dating. If you find that alcohol is triggering, triggering, then don't include alcohol in your date. Eating disorders can create a lot of mental gymnastics around food. You know, 
it, and triggers often extend beyond food. They're not all invo- avoidable. You know, you have to learn, you know, that, for instance, when we're going to go on to hear about, you know, arguments within dating, I know for me at the start of my recovery, when I started dating, if an argument came up, it would be my fault. I would use, you know, my food to control how I felt. So for instance, an argument, well, it's my fault, then I'd lead to a skip meal or restricting. But the thing is, I had to recognize that behavior and put an end to it before it became like a relapse or a regression. You know, in reality, there's so many triggers in life from diet conversations to comment about food or bodies. And, you know, the person that you are dating, male or female, might not know what they're saying and they might not mean it, but it still might be triggering. But it's worthwhile using distractions and having mantras before dating, you know, saying, I'm so much more than my weight. And thinking something doesn't mean it's true. And thinking, you know, for instance, this person isn't just with me because of the way I look. That was a really important thing for me to know. Number five or number six, wherever we're at, I always get a bit mixed up with the numbering. Now, I want you to know that you are just worthy and you deserve love. You don't have to earn food, number one, and you don't have to earn love either. It's not conditional. And this is, again, from my own journey, I used to go for men who, you know, provided conditional love. I had to do something. I had to be something. I had to look a certain way. And then I was good enough. But I was with the wrong people, a thousand percent. And that is a story, maybe for another time, maybe not. But I knew that I was good enough for another person who loved and respected me for me. You know, eating sort or not, you know, everyone has somewhat of a relationship with food. Mine at the time was a bit more disordered, um, you know, than, than I'd like it to be. But I was still worthy of love. You know, accept those compliments, even if you don't quite believe them. It will help your self-esteem. You know, a good partner will lovely, love you for who you are, not what you look like. You know, my body shape has changed a lot with my current partner. We've been together many years now and I've changed in that time, but that's okay. You know, he still loves me and I still love him. Uh, life is about evolving and change and it's recognizing that no one should love you for the way that you look or for what you eat. Next, no one's approval of you or your body can help you heal. This is a big one with intimacy. You know, if you have body image concerns and you still have work to do in your, you know, self-perception, you know, be very mindful of this. While it's nice to have validation from people who think we are attractive, the validation cannot cancel out or supersede how we feel about ourselves. It might become codependent and you might rely on, you know, rely on that behavior for you to feel good about yourself, which if it ends, then you feel really bad. Relationships ending or dating ending always does feel a little bit crappy, especially if you know you were not the one to end that dating situation. But it can be a lot worse if you base your validation around that dating. So it's really important to address your self-perception. Not necessarily have a perfect body image because you know perfect body image doesn't truly exist all the time. But it's very important to improve, you know, your sense of self and ensure that you aren't just having conditional, a conditional view of, of love, your body and validation. Next, 
it's very important to be flexible in a relationship or dating. You know, it's likely that you might be a type A personality. You might not, but you might be very controlled over your day to day. And dating will change your rigidity. Not every date will be planned in advance. Someone might enjoy romancing you with spontaneity. Your routine will change as you learn to incorporate another person into your life. Honestly, relationships are hard and I like planning in advance, but my partner does does not and that's okay. It's something that I've had to learn to live with um, and learn to navigate. And it's something that I still, you know, struggle time to time with because it's not an eating disorder thing. I just like to plan. But it's important to, you know, really, really be flexible. And, you know, to some degree, when you start dating, it's okay to have some planning involved. You know, you know, once you're in that healthy place with your eating sort of recovery, you know, it's, you can have some strategies in place to avoid triggers. So for instance, to avoid food triggers at restaurants, it can be helpful to look up the menu in advance if you know where you're going. Discuss it with your therapist, your coach, or a nutritionist, and develop a plan about what to order before before that date. So, you know, that makes the menu choice less overwhelming and does increase the likelihood you'll, you know, you'll you'll order that nourishing meal in line with your recovery goals instead of skipping something or going for safe foods. You know, dating and dates involving food can actually really help with your eating disorder recovery. You know, when you are with an eating disorder, food is often controlled and limited to a few safe foods. But when you are, you know, broadening horizon and doing things that involve new foods and new new opportunities, it actually can really be helpful. And also distraction is also a helpful intervention. Always have some topics of conversation up your sleeve. So to distract the fears from food, oftentimes, like I said, activity-based dates can also be good. Things like crazy golf is also something that I've just remembered. Having something that is, you know, a different element to your life, you know, reminding you that there is life outside of just food and exercise and what you look like, you know, it can help you build that identity up. You know, dating is not necessarily, you know, the be all and end all in life as well. You know, remember to set boundaries with yourself, surround yourself with good people, you know, friends, family, you know, it's, it's likely that you might get a bit downbeat. Dating can be a bit laborious, you know, and it, it, it's so important to be kind to yourself, you know, because dating can be thrilling and challenging. You're opening your heart up to heartbreak, but you're opening up to love. Allow yourself to embrace that vulnerability and celebrate your Pro, your your progress, no matter the outcome, whether you end up with a relationship or not, you know, have that self-awareness, self-compassion and an open heart. It's a chance to explore not only yourself and your sense of self, but explore connections and discover the joy of shared experiences and love. You know, because love is what the world goes round is, you know, makes the, what is the world goes round? Love makes the world go round, my Lord. I cannot speak today. It is so important to be mindful, you know, and, and just know that, 
you know, when you start, you know, giving more energy to yourself through nutrition, through therapy, you know, you have more energy to give to other people. You know, if you have, you know, the time and the mental capacity to be, you know, ready to date, then bottom line, it is 100% possible to date and have a robust romantic relationship with an eating disorder past history. Your eating disorder can't rob you of that unless you let it. But like with any mental health condition, what is important is getting healthy within yourself first. After all, your relationship with you is the only one guaranteed to last. And that does sound like a, you know, freaking bummer, but there is no shinier lining. Liking and caring for yourself equals an increased likelihood of finding romance, eating disorder or not. And and take it from me, I really mean that. But for now, I am going to end this episode. It's been a short and sweet one, but I hope it's been helpful for you. You know, I would be really interested to hear some of your dating stories and whether you've been able to start dating in your eating disorder recovery. If you haven't, don't worry. If you have, I'd be really interested to see what was helpful for you and what was not. Remember to be compassionate and kind to yourself through this challenging and potentially exciting experience. And thank you so much for joining me on this episode today. I hope this insight has been helpful and encouraging. And as always, stay strong, stay focused on your recovery. And remember, you're not alone on this path to recovery. I am here for you. Just reach out. You are never alone with this. Um, And like mentioned, if you have any topic ideas, please make sure to submit them to the podcast on my website or via email. I make sure to get back to each and every one of you if I can um, and leave a review if you're able to. I also want to note um, that I have a 10-week group coaching program starting in August. So August the 20th is my first week of it. Applications for that program finish on um, August the 13th. They're going to be super exclusive, five people um, groups, um, weekly lasting for 10 weeks to help you on your insulin recovery. I'll leave the details in my bio just so you can see if that would be useful for you and whether you want to apply with a discovery call so you can chat to me to see if it will be beneficial for your recovery but for now thank you again I will speak to you next week take care of yourselves bye